Hello and welcome to the 31st Big 3-1 episode of the Unsigned Manager Podcast. My name is Big Squid Sijikolawole and each week I take a look at football's biggest headlines, stories, events, past and present, take you through, da 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 you know the drill. Now, for this week's episode, I just want to take a look at a couple of the recent games that have been going on, see some trends I've been talking about and get on to Everton because they're horrendously run. Um, nothing too crazy this week, just want to run through some trends I've been seeing in games. So let's get into the episode. Alright, so I'm recording this on Friday evening to go out Saturday morning or afternoon. Yesterday, Thursday, was the Arsenal-Liverpool's second leg in the Carabao Cup semi-final. Um, this game really annoyed me, to be honest. I thought Arsenal were going to be much much better than they were. Um, oh, it feels like a kick in the teeth. Okay, so if you didn't watch the game, this is basically how it went. Arsenal started very, very fast. But before that, before we get into that, let's get into the lineup. Obviously, everyone knows that we're lacking a midfield right now because Tom Partey was at AFCON. He just came back. Let's get onto that guy in a minute. Trust me. Granit Xhaka stupidly got himself sent off in the first leg because he's a bit of a donut. Um... Um, El Nene is at AFCON so essentially that leaves us with a midfield a sole central midfield player of Lokonga we don't really have anyone else so we dropped Odegaard to play as a deep line playmaker next to Lokonga and then played Smithrow, Martinelli and Saka all behind Lacazette which by the way is how I use Odegaard on my FM team late in games I might drop him into deep line if I'm losing to get an extra attacking midfielder on there, it works wonders. Liverpool was starting without Salah, obviously, without Mane, because at AFCON, um, a midfield of Fabinho, Henderson, and oh, and Curtis Jones, and then a front three of Firmino, Jota, and Kate Gordon. So, looking at these teams on paper, you're seeing almost a full strength Arsenal team, minus Shaka or Partey for Lukonga. And for Liverpool, they're missing. They're probably their their best player in, in Mo Salah, their second most dynamic attacker in Mane, depending on where you've got him and Jota. They're missing a serious central midfield like Progressor in Thiago. And there's no Allison in goal, so you think that Arsenal might have this. First couple of minutes, we started out hot. Martinelli had Trent on ropes for the first twenty minutes. Absolute ropes. Trent didn't know what was going. He didn't know where Martinelli was going. He's so direct. He plays a lot like a... um. When, no, he's not even a... See, uh, the thing is, I want to say when Hazard has some, has a fullback on the ropes, but Martinelli's a bit more direct than that. Hazard is more like floating around and causing your problems. He's kind of like the first... The beginning version of Ronaldo at United, where it's just like straight 1v1 against fullbacks all day long. There's no floating, there's no, like, shout out to him, like, respectfully, there's no, like, clever movement. He's just getting at you. <laughs> um, Trent really couldn't deal with it. Anything we were going to create was going to come down the left-hand side. Saka and Tomiyasu weren't really in the game. Smith Rowe was a passenger for most of it. If I wasn't going to win this game, it was probably going to come down from Martinelli and Tierney on the left-hand side and maybe something involving Odegaard. And then we just crumbled. Liverpool scored, Jota scored, um, Tomiyasu had a bad night, 
couldn't really couldn't really stop him. Jota was just was driving past him or getting into getting into that pocket between centre back and right back, getting right in there. And Ben White wasn't coming, so Tomiyasu would have had to deal with him, but he just never was really right all night. Jota, phenomenal, phenomenal player. I definitely didn't think he was this good. At Leeds, I thought he was good. Leeds at Wolves, I thought he was good. I didn't think he was this good. I always thought Jimenez was a star of the team, and Jota's like eating off. Jimenez's scraps, if you get what I mean. Now it's looking like he can be the the main creator or a serious guy in the team. Problem. Um, and as soon as that goal get, went in, we were just deflated. The fans were trying. You could you could hear and see that the fans were really urging the team on. But Liverpool started to get a bit more control on the ball, and Fabinho, Henderson, really started to dictate the pace of the game. And it was just long for us all night. It's annoying. I was going to record yesterday straight after the game, but I thought, calm down, lad. Because I was just really annoyed. Not in like a shouting, screaming, Mark Goldbridge, rah, 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 football's horrendous way. It's like, oh, this could have been the one. Arteta, when he first came in, because this is his, this will be, if he finishes out this season, which would be surprising as hell if he got sacked. He would have finished out his second season and remember he took over like the end of Unai's last season there. He took over, I think, from December, December, January time. So he's had about two and a half years now. We won the FA Cup that first season of Bamiyan, put Kurt Zuma in a blender and, and chipped over. We won the FA Cup. That's cool. Which was a big win. It was a big statement. Last season, obviously, bad season. Finishing low down the league lower than normal couldn't score goals couldn't defend for our lives couldn't progress the ball it was a problem and this year obviously has been a bit of a roller coaster. I haven't forgotten about the Brentford game first game of the season I haven't forgotten about Chelsea where we got battered Liverpool where we got battered um, Man City where we got battered the first time but we've been against the teams that we should beat we've been beating and we've been getting points and being effective and we are seriously in the top four race which is fair I was one of those people after Unai who was calling for like a big squad club refresh. We needed everything brand new. Mustafi, Kalasinac, El Nene, Ozil, Bellerin, Cedric, Carl Jenkinson. Those kind of players that like we needed them out. We needed we needed fresh blood in the team. It was a mess. We were in the middle. We weren't. We weren't like a young team like now, where it's a lot of kids and a lot of new experience and frustrating and da 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 da. da but you know, at the end, you've got progression. Cool. It wasn't like a Liverpool where your your whole front three is 28, 29 years old, very experienced. Your back line is very experienced, even if Trent is younger. And you're thinking to yourself, we are challenging. We were in the middle, having everyone between about 25 and 28, 29 overpaying them way too much money overpaying them for lack of results that's what we were so after Unai left we were thinking I was thinking at least I want a club refresh I want young players we've got a good academy that we're always hearing about always hearing about young players in this team let's let's put them in let's see how it goes and we signed someone like Kieran Tierney from Celtic younger age good player Tomoyasu comes in Ben White for a big fee but Ramsdale, I was killing that Ramsdale signing, but looks like a very good decision now, even though he is 
prone to an error. It's how it goes. A goalkeeper, he's what, 23, 24? Wait, hold on. Let me do the maths right now. How old is Aaron Ramsdale? Aaron Ramsdale, 23 years old. So, for a goalkeeper, you're thinking he might not hit his prime until he's 30, 31, 32. Like, he will be more than fine um, when he gets older. So, Arsenal are looking for that kind of team. But I didn't think it'd be this painful. I didn't think that it would. I think I underestimated definitely how long it would take. Which is stupid. Because obviously on paper, you're not going to see a club go from finishing 8th, finishing ninth in, in the league, not being serious, overpaying a lot of players, to flip them all, sign a serious player, and boom, that's it. You're, you're up there challenging. To be honest, Arteta's done a faster job than I thought he would have done. But in a game like the Liverpool game on Thursday, you see the flaws in the team show very, very quickly. Aubameyang's a turd. We all know this. The guy is um. He's the, he's the guy who's killing the house party right now. He's the person who you're at a house party with all your friends. You're living your life. It's 2016. There's good music playing. A little drink. Everyone's having a good time. And then the guy from a, a school you don't go to turns up and he's killing the vibe. That's Aubameyang right now. Right, he's the guy. Everyone's on PlayStation. You're all you're excited when you see this guy comes on. Everyone goes to to offline mode. Like he's not fun. He's killing it. And same thing happened with Urza or whatever. But we need a striker. Lacazette is a good player. He's had a bad rap. I didn't like him. There was a time where I thought he was a five for eight target man, and there's no one that bored my blood more. However, if you are a striker in the Premier League for a team that's challenging to, for the top four. And if someone talks about you, the first thing you talk about is your defensive work, then you're not good enough for the team you're on. When I think of Lacazette, I think of someone who can press the back four and really squeezes up and is a problem and is in a tough tackler and he likes to win the ball high up to spread the ball to other players. That's valuable, very valuable. Would be more valuable at Burnley. Would be more valuable at Leeds. He'd be phenomenal at Leeds. I reckon Rafinha would love Lacazette. But... We need more than that. We need someone who... And I don't mean like the old school, you need a 30-goal-a-season striker. But we need someone whose instincts are for goal, not for everything else. Which is why, when he was fit and in good form, Arsenal fans would always lean towards playing Aubameyang over Lacazette. Because at least with Aubameyang, there's a threat that the guy might score. With Lacazette, I don't feel anything... I never think to myself... If we're going to score, it might come from Lacazette. It's always going to come from one of those players playing behind him, which is fine. That's how it goes sometimes. But the players playing behind him aren't goal scorers either. Like Martinelli's been coming into his own, but you wouldn't say Martinelli's a goal scorer. Bukayo Saka doesn't want doesn't not he doesn't want to score goals, but he thinks he thinks about playmaking before about finishing. Odegaard definitely thinks about playmaking more than finishing. Smith Rowe is more of a moments player he might pop up with one or two but you're not you're not thinking Smith Rowe's a goal threat our defenders aren't that big Tomiyasu doesn't really go into the box for corners Ben White can't win a header to save his life Gabriel's not that attacking inclined and Tierney's more about delivering we don't really have a goal threat on the pitch ever so we definitely have to change that and it makes sense why we've been going after Dusan Vlaovic because A the guy looks like he wants to score goals every minute of the game. And if he can do, he will take a shot every two seconds, which is fair. I'm happy to have a shot monster at the club. 
but also we need someone who's going to be the focal point, the end product for the attack. I don't want Saka and Odegaard and Martinelli and Smithrow and da 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 to be getting into the final third, picking up the ball, thinking, who am I playing it to? Because I'm not playing it to Lacazette. Or where is Smithrow going to pop up with this one? Like, we need someone who is A, that's the guy we're looking for. When when Steven Bergwijn or Lucas Moura or Wengmin Son or Reguillon get into the final third and they're thinking, where's this going? They know where it's going, going to Harry Kane. Everton aren't that good of a team, but last season they knew it was going to Calvert-Lewin. Even Liverpool know it's going to Mohamed Salah. With us, it's a free-for-all. And it's not even a front free-for-all like, Man- like Manchester City. So we need, we definitely need a nine. And the midfield were, oh my lord. Lokonga is not a bad player. But I don't think... I think Lokonga currently is El Nene's level. They're not the same type of player. And he's more useful than El Nene. But he's El Nene's level. Where he's like a replacement midfielder. Which is more than fine, but not ready. Granit Xhaka is... If he, Grant Shaka one day, it's going to be like Scooby-Doo. He's going to take off his mask and we're going to finally realise that he was a Tottenham fan or something. Because as much as the guy is important to the way we play, he is just so toxic for the fan base. I don't really see why the club haven't tried to solve this situation. Grant Shaka is, he's like John Joe Shelby, where you think he gets sent off more than he does. He doesn't actually get sent off that much. But the issue is that he's constantly constantly the centre of bad decision making in big games if Arsenal are in a big game and something goes wrong 9 times out of 10 it's Grant Xhaka's fault his passing range is, is very good to be fair probably not not rivaled by many in the league off the top of my head top of my head we're thinking of people like Jorginho uh, Rodri Kevin De Bruyne um, there's someone I'm definitely missing big time ball player even Ajonjo Shelby that kind of ball playing level like the spraying that he can ping it all around the pitch but it's not Shaka's is not elite Thiago so I'm thinking of but Shaka's is not elite to the point that it's not replaceable and he's caused so many issues for us I don't see why the club haven't tried to replace it Thomas Partey I told you guys about this guy now, in fairness to him, Arteta should not have played him. I don't know why he played him. Not fair. Just came off from AFCON. Was poor at AFCON, but that's a whole different story. It's different to international football. Very different. When he was on that run a couple games before he left for AFCON, Arsenal fans talking about, yeah, Partey. But I said, I said on here, I'm not too sure about this guy. He comes on in the 80-something minute and gets sent off. And it's just like, what is happening here? Odegaard is not a central midfield player. He can play there, he's not one. Smithrow is not a central midfield player, he can play there, he's not one. El Nene isn't good enough to start. We need a centre midfielder so badly it hurts. Next season, if we're going into games with a lineup of Partey and Shaka with Lukonga, I'm not happy with that. I haven't even done the research to think of who we need there, so I can't even I can't even be like we need to go sign that guy. But we need to go and sign someone to play in the middle of that pitch because right now it's a mess in there. It's just frustrating because a performance like that could have been, or a win like that, even a cup final could have been uh, good stuff for us. Like, Obviously, it's going to be a hard season. We've got a lot of young players bleeding at the same time, so you've got to give them a minute. 
Martinelli by far was our best player yesterday. Odegaard was very good as well, but Martinelli by far, anything was going to come was going to come from him. Um, and when I'm looking at this team that we laid out right now, very young. Other than Lacazette up front, who's in his 30s, everyone else is young. Everyone else might be under 23 in the starting 11. Oh, Tierney might be 25. But experience showed yesterday against Liverpool. It, sh- it showed big time. It's just... It's just that you... Oh, I don't know, man. Arteta isn't doing the wrong thing. He's doing exactly what I wanted him to do. For what most of us fans wanted him to do. Shepherd out the old players in the team and the big wages. Bring in the young players. Let them bleed. It's just like... Oh, it's annoying. Um, fine, okay, I'm out of the doom and gloom. Sorry, Arsenal fans. Um, I'm out of it. I'm out of it. I'm out of it. Tottenham... Looking hot on the Conte. I didn't actually watch the Spurs-Leicester game. I don't know what I was doing, but I wasn't watching that game. Um, and I'm getting messages going, Rah, like, are you watching this game? The end of the game is crazy. So I've just gone online and hopped and seen what's going on and whatever. I have... Is Brendan Rodgers an elite manager? No, he's not. That's fine. There's not many. The thing about Brendan Rodgers that I've been thinking about for a while is when Manchester United didn't have a manager, when Solskjaer got sacked, I think it was like a a, a game a game week or two that uh, that Carrick was in charge before um, Ranjit got appointed and then Ranjit didn't come straight away. People were talking about Pochettino, Eric Ten Hag, um, there's a few other names in there and Brendan Rodgers was one of them. Brendan Rodgers is not good enough to be an elite club manager. That is an absolute fact right there. I don't know why everyone thinks he's the best of the rest. And I haven't done enough research or enough enough looking into this, but I just have to sneak in suspicion. Suspicion. Brendan Rodgers is a weird manager where he can overachieve with the club he's at. We can only overachieve for so long. Then he, then the apple crumbles and then he'll go somewhere else and overachieve there. And I don't know what that is. And I don't know why I don't think that that's good. But it doesn't feel like he can sustain success where he is. I think that's what I'm looking for. It feels like with me, Brendan Rodgers will, let's say, let's say you're a club and your ambition is to be a B on a, on a, on a school grade scale of A to F. You want to be a B. And you're a C grade club. Brendan Rodgers can take a C grade club to a B grade club, yeah? You can do that for a couple of years. And then after a while, you'll start slipping back down to a C grade. And people won't get onto him about it because, oh, that's where you should be, to be honest. If you think about it, if you weigh everything up, that's where you should be. No. Because of the expectation that he should be at, he's not actually meeting it. And then he'll go to another C grade club, get them to B grade, and we're talking about, oh, Rodgers should be up there with the rest of them. And then, no. And then da 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 like that. I don't know why. I haven't done the research, but I've been I've been taking a look and thinking about it. I'm not sure Rogers is there, man. I'm really not sure it's there. And I'm not doing it off the back of this one result. There's freak results in every every football season. Like Pep has been smacked up by Leicester a few times. It doesn't mean that Pep is not that great. It doesn't mean Brendan Rogers is a go. But I for the Liverpool the way it ended at Liverpool, like that team should have won the league, didn't win the league. I don't know why that I, I'm holding that against them, but I am. Leicester not winning the Champions, winning the Champions League. Leicester not finishing in the Champions League spot. 
I don't even care that they won the FA Cup. They should have finished in the Champions League spot. They absolutely bottled the second half of that season. This season, injury problems, yeah, I understand, has been so, so poor. So poor. And I'm just a bit wary of him. We all thought he was the best of the rest in the league, but I've got all the managers in the league right now. If you get rid of the elite ones, the ones you... He's not better than Klopp. He's not better than Guardiola, obviously. Not better than Conte. Fair. Even last season while he was in the league, I wouldn't have said he was better than Ancelotti. And on legacy, you would have had Mourinho over him, but Mourinho is a different case. He's on the side. Looking at the rest of it, yeah. Is he better than Arteta? Can you actually say that? Is Brendan Rodgers better than Graham Potter? Oh, Tuchel was another elite one. Not better than Tuchel. Marcelo Bielsa, I'd have him over Rodgers. Is he better than... Is he better than Nuno? Honestly, is he better than Nuno? Or did Nuno just have a tough Spurs team that he did badly? That he was the wrong appointment for? And Honestly, I'm going to put that more on Tottenham than I'm going to put it on Nuno. Because you know what you're getting out of Nuno. And I said it on here when they signed him as well. Tottenham said Levy and Paratici both came out saying... They were looking for, after Mourinho, they are looking for attacking football and get back to playing the Tottenham way and scoring a lot of goals. And then they hired the most defensive manager in the league. So I wasn't really sure about that appointment. Is Brendan Rodgers better than David Moyes? I'm just not sure that he's as good as we all think he is. He's not the best of the rest in the league. He wasn't after the top four, the person he should be knocking on the door for was Brendan Rodgers. We think... I mean, we as in collectively think he is what Poch was at Southampton, what Poch was at Tottenham. Absolutely not. You couldn't give that Tottenham team to Brendan Rodgers and they would replicate the same level of results. The consistency before the end that Poch got out of that Tottenham team, Rodgers cannot sustain season on season. I don't know, man. I don't know about that guy. He's in my Thomas Partey... I'm looking at you sideways thinking, are you really the guy that everyone thinks you are? But maybe I'm just being a bit sceptical, but I don't know what it is, man. And last people I wanted to get onto, this has been a moany, moany episode. My bad. You know what? Yeah, just turn this off because you're just going to hear one guy moan for about half an hour, 40 minutes about things that have annoyed him. Just because I'm in a mood about the Arsenal game, to be honest. Um, Everton are so comically run. Earlier this week, uh, no, the back end of last week, Everton sacked Rafa Benitez. Wrighton was on the wall, to be fair. Um, averaging, what, 1.3 points per game, 31% win, win ratio, which is lower than Moyes and Ancelotti and Benitez and Marco Silva and Roberto Martinez when he was there. So, understandable. Nothing wrong with the sacking, in my opinion, except the timing is so horrendous. And... They didn't give them the same opportunity that they gave everyone else. This is why football clubs make poor decisions. I think because they're way too reactionary, just like fans are. Just like mo- Even myself, I find myself being reactionary at times. We're not thinking overall. We're thinking right in the moment. Everton have been bad since the beginning of the season. There's not been a hot light for them all year. They have not sustained a run or four or five games when you thought, mm, Everton, I understand that Calvert-Lewin has been injured. But then you either need to factor that in or don't factor it in. But the Everton board didn't do didn't do either. In the beginning, they were poor. 
they had spent so much um, money on bad signings over the past four or five years. It's Fahad Mashiri must just have money coming out of his ears because the. Okay, this summer Everton spent 1.8 million on Damari Gray. Got Andros Townsend for free. Um, got Rondon for free. The other signings they've made, like obviously this window, Nathan Patterson, Vitaly Mialenko, and um, Anwar Ghazi. But we'll let those go, okay? Season before, last season, Ben Godfrey, Alan, Decore. Not a bad set of signings. Hammers, we know how that went, but we got them for free, so not too bad. They, they bought Alex Iwobi for 27 million. Jean-Philippe Mbamin for 22 million. By the way, Jean-Philippe Mbamin, I follow football, I think Premier League football to a high level. Higher than a normal, higher than a normal person. On my life, I might not have seen Mbamin ever play more than five minutes. I'm not sure if he was, if I was watching a random game and the camera went on him, I'm not sure I'd know it was him. Fabian Dell for 8.5 mil. Going back before that, Richarlison, good signing. Yeah, Mina, good signing when he can stay fit. Um, Bernard, Yannick Balassi, injury, yeah, fair. Gilfrey Sigurdsson for 44 million. 44 million. Theo Walcott for 20 million. Cenk Tosun, Nikola Vlasic. Everton have spent so much stupid money. Oh my, I'm looking back here and there's Morgan Schneidlin. And there's Yannick Balassi for 26 mil. Lord help. Omar Nias for 16 mil. Um, Everton has spent so much bad money that by the time they got to Benitez, they, they couldn't afford to spend any more. So Benitez got a tight budget. Yeah, you can go and get Gray, go get Townsend, go and get Rondon for cheap or free. Fair. Then their best player by far, Calvert-Lewin gets injured. So you're without a nine, so you're lumping the ball up to Rondon, who before he was in, he was at Everton, was in China. And before he was in China, he was at Newcastle. So I'm not sure what they were really expecting. They weren't expecting the West Brom Rondon that they, that the league saw before. Anyway, they're bad. They can't progress the ball. They've got no, they've got no attacking flair. I saw them play against Brentford, and it felt like if that game went on for a thousand hours, Everton would not have made a chance. But this has been happening for weeks and weeks. Then Calvert-Lewin comes back. Then everything don't play well in that game. And then they sack Benitez. Either give him the chance beforehand. No, either give him the chance with his, his best player back. So gel him back into the team. Sort the system back out. Work on it and then see if you can turn it around. Or sack him way before that. And the reason I'm saying that is because Benitez has been going to war with Luca Dean. Everton's left back, one of their best players, one of the best left backs in the league. He's been going to war with him since he came into the club. Everton then sanctioned a sale of Luca Dean for twenty-seven million to other top, top eight, top nine contender Aston Villa. Like Ever Aston Villa, Everton, Leeds are all kind of fighting for the same spots in an ideal season. They sanctioned a sale of him to them, and then sacked the manager. After, at the beginning of the season, they sacked Marcel Brands, the director of football, because Benitez wanted more control over the club and didn't want to have a boss. The whole thinking is backwards. Either you keep Brands, you keep Digne, 
you wait for a manager who is going to get the more out of Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison, get more out of the squad you have now, you sign a more progressive manager. Or you sack Brands, you sell Dina, and you give Benitez more time at the club. It doesn't make sense to do both. I would have gone with second the manager, but I would have gone with second the manager months ago. I wouldn't have waited up until we sold our one of our best players and he went to war and toileted our season and then decided to sell him after we've made all these moves that he wanted. The thinking's backwards. Clubs like Everton and Barcelona and Juventus and Inter Milan and Manchester United are why normal fans get really annoyed with clubs because it's not even that you're you're seeing something different to what we're seeing. What you're making is poor decisions compounding on each other. Everton don't really have enough money to go and sign other players. Like They've sold Dina now and then they just bought Mikolenko and Patterson in for... What is that? It's six million more than they sold Dina for. They were already in the hole after buying a lot of players for a lot of money. 67 million, 108 million, 89 million. 182 million, 77. That's Everton's windows for the past season. Like they're spending big money. So it's not even like they just got. I know Everton are a cash rich club. It's not like they got money coming out of their ears. They're not PSG. They're not Manchester City. So at some point, you want to think to yourself: Are these? Are we buying players who are actually going to progress the club, or are buying players that's going to keep us level? Alex Iwobi is not going to do anything to improve Everton's position. Salomon Rondo, I understand why you make that signing, but it's not going to do anything to push Everton above where they are. Jean-Philippe Mbamin, Fabian Delph. You're not, you're not progressing the club, but you're spending big money to sign middling players. And then you're selling good players. You're, you're getting rid of the structure you've built in the club. Bringing in the defensive manager when you definitely needed a progressive one. Looking at this squad that Ancelotti left them, they definitely needed someone progressive to come in and think, how am I going to get the best out of Decore and Alan? How am I going to get the best out of Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison and the last out of Seamus Coleman? Can I replace Coleman? Can I get Keane and Godfrey to be top level? Can I get Dina out of something? But no, they then signed someone who is uh, more defensive, more conservative, more negative-minded, which is fine. That's useful for some clubs. For Nuno, that worked perfectly with Wolves. But then they sacked him after selling someone that could have been very useful to the next manager and selling the structure of the club. I don't understand it. Please, someone give me control of Everton. I would... Farhad Mashiri, I'm giving you... I'm giving you a serious job application now. I can take control of this team. I can get you the best of the squad you have now. I can sign a manager who would be more than aggressive. Everton should be... And then the... Oh, my head... And then the managers they're trying to sign, they're to- it comes out this week, they're talking to Wayne Rooney, talking to Fabio Cannavaro. Fabio Cannavaro? What are you doing? Wayne Rooney? What are you doing? You currently... Of the Everton managers I can think of the last couple seasons, I'm not, I'm not looking at their last list of managers or whatever. You've had Roberto Martinez, Sam Allardyce, Marco Silva, um... Oh, Ronald Koeman, Duncan Ferguson. Ronald Koeman, wait a second. Oh my days, I just checked. So did actually have Ronald Koeman as manager? Bloody hell. Everton have had a trillion managers, all with very differing styles, by the way. Ronald Koeman 
and Sam Allardyce, Roberto Martinez and Marco Silva are drastically difficult, different in style, not even to mention Ancelotti or, or Rafa Benitez. You've had all these people deal with mostly the same squad, sign a lot of middling players. Please, I would do anything. Everton are the club I want to take charge of. Get rid of all the dross, do a proper clean sweep. And start thinking, how are we going to get to Aston Villa level? Because the Aston Villa experiment right now, obviously it's not complete, but with a young manager who's got loads of ideas, who has proven that he can win somewhere in Gerrard, signing top proven players who are getting in from A to B, Danny Ings, Ollie Watkins, replacing a big star leaving with a lot of other new players like Wendia, and Leon Bailly, who when they come together, can be a very young nucleus, very effective. Bringing in another creator in Coutinho, who should be the hammers of this team. But on a much better deal. Because Barcelona getting a lot of his wages. I don't know, man. Everton are, Everton are lacking. Lacking, lacking, lacking. And that concludes the moaniest episode I've ever done. Next week, I will not be moaning. Sorry about that. But the Arsenal game, Arsenal really have me in a funk right now. And when you see clubs being mismanaged from back to front, it's just proper frustrating. Oh, AFCON. Shout out to AFCON. Um, Nigeria made it through the group, no problems. Um, shout out to us. Was that two goals conceded? Six or seven goals scored. Moses Simon doing very well. Alex Orobi not starting, thank goodness. Ackman Musa not starting, thank goodness. Um, Ghana out, Algeria out, which is two big shocks. Manchester City are probably happy that they're going to have Mares back. Arsenal will be happy that they've got Partia back. I don't know why. Um, for Pep, he's probably hoping Egypt go as far as possible so that <laughs> Salah can stay as far away as possible, but not going to happen. Egypt aren't going to make it that far, so it's whatever. Obviously, I've got Nigeria for AFCON as a Nigeria myself. Um, I t- oh. when you see a club get so poorly run I can't imagine what it must be like for me an Everton fan such a pain such a pain you, where was their highest heights probably under Moyes or Martinez probably Martinez is where they were at their highest and a lot of the Everton fans didn't love him but he was getting results for a lot of the time then Marco Silva was very good there then you just get turd after turd after turd after turd. And if you're Everton, you're hoping and praying Calvert-Lewin doesn't leave. Richarlison, I don't know why they didn't take the 80 mil for Richarlison Barcelona offered in the first place. That is one of those things that I just think, that, that is a competition of who is run worse. Why were Barcelona offering 80 million for Richarlison and why weren't Everton taking it? Probably because they knew they wouldn't be able to spend it well the way they spend money. But 80 million for Richarlison, they should have taken it. If the two of them leave, because Dini's already left, he was their third best player, or you're arguing with him or Decore, and Decore is a bit older. If Richarlison or Cavalier leave, that club is in the toilet. Farhad, Farhad, get me involved. Get me involved. Anyway, yeah, sorry for all the moaning. Um, football is just really annoying when it's when it's done badly, and. I don't know why I, I thought Arsenal. I really had hope we were going to win last night and it's proper annoying. <laughs> um, share this with your with your postman. Let him know while he's on his route that he's got a podcast. You can listen, listen to the podcast too. Share it with everyone you know. Um, I'll see you guys next week.
peace.